There's no way of knowing exactly how many Oaxacans live in the Los Angeles area. Maybe 50,000, maybe 250,000. Since the 1970s and even before, they have come from one of Mexico's poorest states for the usual reason, work. But they've brought with them the richness of their indigenous cultures. Sitlali Fabian is one of their own, a Yalaltec Oaxacan, an artist whose medium is photography. She uses 19th century photo equipment to make portraits like her Mestiza series, luminous images of indigenous women, including her own mother, whose faces could be out of the 16th century, from exactly 500 years ago when Hernán Cortés conquered Mexico. Fabian and her odd old cameras just spent time photographing Oaxaqueños in Los Angeles, recording images for a sort of family album of the transplanted, pictures of one people making their lives in two countries, separated by an ever more impenetrable border, but united by culture and centuries. What brought you to Los Angeles? My main interest is to document different aspects about the Yalaltec community. The Yalaltec community is an indigenous group from Oaxaca, Mexico, and is spread around Mexico, in Mexico City, Oaxaca City, Veracruz State, but also here in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, you can find a big community, the biggest community of Oaxacan people outside Oaxaca. So it's really interesting to see how culture migrates also. I went to one local celebration from the Yalaltec people here, and I was also impressed about the amount of people that attend to this. And I was more impressed when some of them tell me, oh, but this is not that big as used to be. It's interesting to me how the culture endures and they keep passing from generation to generation. So you can see three generations here of Yalaltic Americans, because they are Americans, they can travel. And some of them, or most of them, I met them in Yalala last year, and I saw them now over here. People in this country might look at people who come here from Mexico as a single culture. So what's distinctive about the Oaxacan culture in Los Angeles? Well, I think the Oaxaca culture, it's one of the most proud of their origins. They keep their music, their food, and they keep them on the everyday. They try to recreate all this wherever they go. What I think it's really interesting is how you recreate not just the traditions, but the community itself. We have a word called tekio. That means everyone in the community have work for the community. So the public works also are made from the people. So there is no one who receives a payment for doing that. It's something that everyone does at some point of their lives. Why did you want to photograph this community? Because I'm from that community. My uh, grandparents and my parents are from this community. And even when I was raised in Oaxaca City, I was surrounded by my culture there, my Yalaltic culture in Oaxaca City. Oaxaca is one of the states with more diversity, culturally speaking. There are... 514, if I'm not mistaken, 514 different towns with different cultures. The Zapotec, where 
I'm from is one of them, but there are trikis, mixtecos, chamulas. There are so many different ethnical groups in Oaxaca. This work to me is for us more than for the Aitza world. Yeah, because at the end, it's a way to reconnect us because we know the people in the images. When someone tell me, oh, this is my uncle Fidel and I didn't see him in, I don't know, 10 years or this is my cousin and I like the idea, the idea to create a dialogue over the images. And what did you get here? I went to the celebration of San Antonio de Padua, that it's one of the main saints from the village. Saint Anthony of Padua, an Italian saint. I know. That's why I love about culture. Every culture take from everywhere and it transformed and evolved. So when someone asked me about some image that maybe is not precisely like pure, everyone takes from everywhere. So what aspects of American life have you seen the Oaxacan community here adapt to? As example, to me, was really interesting. They were selling food and they were selling traditional food from Oaxaca, but also they were selling burgers. To me, that was something funny. But uh, one thing that called me a lot my attention was a couple of years ago, Yalaltec people here organized a dance, a traditional dance. They, they call it um, chusca. That means fun dance. Chusca is something that it's making joke. For so, oh, of, fun. Uh-huh. Uh, of, of something. So to me, it was really interesting to see this dance at Chuska, this uh, Chuska dance, to representing superheroes. And they were dancing the traditional music from home. I saw it because someone do a transmission on Facebook. That's also something really interesting. Nowadays, we can feel a little more connection with the people that it's really far away from us because the social media. We can see live transmission from here to everywhere in the world, right? My idea is to complete this documentary project that I've been doing, documenting the Jalaltec diaspora around Mexico and the U.S. As I say, for me, this is a familiar reunion. Here's a small break with a big message. Hi, everyone. It's me, Lucas Peterson, L.A. Times food columnist, and I think you'll be pleased to learn that the L.A. Times food section has relaunched both online and in print. We have excellent recipes, outstanding reviews, unbelievable local food news, all for you at the very affordable price of 99 cents for the first four weeks for online access and $1.99 per week after that. Find our content online every day and in print on Thursdays. Go to latimes.com slash hungryla to subscribe. Your father runs a photo lab. So you've been seeing people take pictures from the time you were old enough to, I don't know, to know that they were photographs. When I was young and when I was growing up in Oaxaca, Oaxacan families went to the photo store to develop their memories. And nowadays that changed because people don't print as they used to. They don't print the photos. They yeah, keep them all in their phones. Exactly. And they lose them sometimes in the phones. <laughs> <laughs> and I think right now, images look sometimes so good 
that you don't care about them. Like you put a lot of filters in them and you sometimes even didn't recognize the people. I think that the reason because I still doing analog process is because I believe this image needs a support, a physical support. I honestly don't trust that much on on digital. <laughs> I feel like sometime I could lost my hard drive or I don't know, the cloud can collapse. I always say that I have a romantic relationship with photography because it's like, okay, I need the body. I need that to know that it's there and exist in some kind of way. And you shoot always or often in black and white and with an old five by seven. My personal projects, I shoot them on film and wet play collodion. Wet play collodion is a process from 19th century and it's made on plates of glass or tin. When you get an image, it's a unique photo. It's not like the negative on film that you can reproduce. The plate is going to be the only one. And more than that, I think the relationship that you are able to build with the sitter. It's expensive and time-consuming, so you want to get the one photo right, as opposed to a digital camera or a phone where you can take one per second. Honestly, I, I don't think I expend as much as if I would do it digitally, because on digital, you need to have the best camera, and the best camera costs, I don't know, like thousand sometimes and you need to improve your computer because your computer can't be the one for three years ago. You need also a faster one to process big files, right? Do you think you help people to see things differently because you take photos in black and white? To me, taking photos in black and white helped me to get focused on the subject and not get distracted about other elements. Like Mexican culture have so many color itself. Sometimes color is really distracting. And I like to take more care about the shapes and the person in the images than other elements that maybe could be distracting. How did you get this camera, this very old-fashioned camera? And isn't it hard carrying it around and explaining it to people? Oh, yeah. Always at the airport is nightmare. I got this camera from when I was living in Mexico City. I have a really good friend who also is a photographer. He was the one who said, oh, you need to buy this one because it's." It, I remember it was ridiculously cheap at that time. Everyone was trying to sell their film equipment. The celebration I went, some people started me to ask me about the images. If I do a lot of Photoshop or how I do this type of images because they look surreal from them. And especially the project of Mestiza, because that's the images of that the in, series. The indigenous is, women, the portrait of your mother, one of them. They didn't understand how was the process of these images was telling them, well, this is an interpretation always. No, in photography, you need to see it. You need to see it like that. Especially nowadays, everything could be just fake. So the wet play, you cannot erase any grunkle or you cannot uh, burn or enlighten anything from the plates because the plates are unmanipulable. Uh, un unmanipulable. 
What reaction did you get here in Southern California as you were photographing people? When I shoot on the Rolleiflex, because I think for the large format, you impose yourself because obviously the equipment is so big. It, obviously, you cannot carry the camera just with your hand. So it's an entire circus to do the wet plates. But by the other side, the Rolleiflex give me some kind of privacy. And because I think I call attention of the people because the camera is old and looks strange and I'm not looking on the viewer. I'm looking on the glass. So I'm always looking down. I'm not looking in front or giving my eyes in front. So in some kind of way that let me hide a little I also like the idea to say like, okay, we need to wait to develop the film. Then you're going to see the image. As I say, we are just get used to see the image in the, in the same moment as we took it and erase it. Like, if I don't like it, I'm just going to yeah. delete it, right? We're in right now the 500th anniversary of the Spanish conquering Mexico. And your images seem so striking because they are evocative of the indigenous peoples? I think we are living a new wave of documentary projects, especially about native cultures. And I think all this is a result of an attempt to decolonize precisely the idea of how we represent ourselves and how we sell ourselves in the world. I like the idea precisely to show how the culture migrates and moves. And that is not something just specific from my culture. I believe in the possibilities that we have to show these other cultures in the world. We are going to see also the things that we share with them. Even when we don't dance in the same way or even we don't we didn't eat the same food. And... I think that could give us a better idea of how diverse is the world and how we are part of that diverse world. I've been thinking more about all these the decolonization processes and to give that individually that that maybe we've been trying to erase in the last hundred years. And now we are in this lucky time when we can try to honor and how we can give the cultures in the world their place. Because as I said, we have been trying to get homogenized. Homogenized, yes. In some kind of way. And we forgot about the relevance that each culture have in the world. Well, Sidlali Fabian, thank you. Thank you. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Mike Heflin. The music is Musica Regional de Oaxaca from Media MUV Discos and Cortez Music. Subscribe to Pat Morrison Asks and never miss a podcast. Musica de una marimba, maderas que cantan como de mujer. Musica de una marimba, maderas que cantan como de mujer.